Hi everyone, my name is Mare Verk and welcome to Life on the Farm. Hello everyone, we are back again. It is officially season two of Life on the Farm podcast and I am coming to you at the end of my first week of residency, which is so crazy to think about that. I am already here. I remember a year ago, I was thinking about what this time in my life would look like and now I'm living it, which is super crazy. And I definitely wanted to kick the season off by sharing with you all what the first week of residency was like. It was all about orientation, studying for the CPJE, and of course, getting to meet all of my co-residents, seeing some of my friends I haven't seen in so long, and just getting to meet all of the new preceptors and mentors that I'm going to have over the course of the next year. And so, of course, as I always do, if you've been around since season one, I like to mention the title because I try to make them punny, but this one's just kind of straight to the point, and it's the fact that I'm a resident, and it's so cool to be able to say it's all over my badge and all over all of my law on my work computer and whatnot and it's just really cool to be able to see that and just see that I am at the next step in my career. So without further ado, let's get into it and talk about all things orientation. So I'll go ahead and kick things off by giving a little bit of context as far as where I am in life currently and how my position today fits into the grand scheme of things. So in May of 2021, I graduated from the UCSF School of Pharmacy with my Doctor of Pharmacy degree, otherwise known as a PharmD, and it is about a month later now, and I am starting in my position as a PGY1, otherwise known as a post-grad year one, acute care pharmacy resident at the University of California, Davis, aka UC Davis Medical Center in Sacramento, California. As an appy student, which is basically a pharmacy student in their last year on rotation, I had a few of my rotations at this institution and I absolutely fell in love with everything about it. The preceptors were incredible, amazing teachers, and of course, clinicians. The residents were huge role models for myself and I could see just how much they enjoyed the work that they were doing and how many learning opportunities that they had. And so I knew that this was someplace that I would love to come back to. And so when I matched in March, I was over the moon. I was incredibly thankful and grateful and I couldn't wait for this journey to start. And Now that you're listening to this, it'll be the Monday after our first week. So it's been an entire week of orientation. And I think back to even a year ago when I was considering what being in a residency would look like. And I can't believe I have the opportunity to talk about the place that I'm at today. So to give some context as far as what the program looks like, how I fit into the program as an individual and whatnot, UC Davis Medical Center has 19, yes, 19 PGY1 residents, which is absolutely incredible. It's a pretty big, sizable program in my opinion. It definitely has a good number to have the opportunity to meet others from other pharmacy schools, which is definitely something I was looking forward to. And of course, having a support system, which I think is really important just for own resiliency and well-being as well. And so there are eight acute care pharmacy residents, so seven in addition to myself. There are five ambulatory care residents. There are two ambulatory care residents who are focused in HIV. And then for the first time, there are four leadership, basically health systems and administration pharmacy residents as well. So we are quite a big class, but after the first week, it's definitely been for the best. Like it's incredible being able to sit with different people every day, get to talk to people, get to know everyone and just kind of bounce ideas off one another and get to know each other. And 
really just every day is different and new and exciting, especially because we're all doing something different. You can meet so many people doing something different from yourself and you get a better understanding how a different department or a different part of the hospital works. And so I think that's really cool because while we do have what we're interested in, personally, I like to kind of know what's going on in general, just so I have a better understanding, especially because our patients interact with so many of us in so many different realms. And so having an understanding what the patient is going through, I think is really cool as well. And so most residency programs begin on July 1st. And for us, we actually started a few days early, nine days early, actually on June 21st. So we have a longer orientation period, which if you've ever worked a job in pharmacy and quite frankly, any job, you know, the first day there is always going to be a technical problem. It's like the initiation for any sort of job that you do. You have to come in and have a technical problem or did you really start a new job, you know? So I think IT was wondering what is going on with pharmacy and we were wondering what is going on with IT, but they're the nicest people and helped us solve so many of our problems on the first day. It was actually insane. So shout out to them. Honestly, know the IT number, have it on speed dial because things happen all the time and it's great if you can just sort them out as soon as possible. But like I mentioned, we started on June 21st and just to also explain this whole aspect of it because this is not something I was, I guess, super aware of really early on in my journey, but I graduated from pharmacy school with my PharmD degree. I have my diploma. It came in the mail, by the way, and it's beautiful. The most expensive piece of paper I own, and it's going to look amazing hung up somewhere. So I'm excited for that. But we have to still take our two board exams, which I talk about in last season. And so those are the CPJE, the law exam in California, as well as the NAPLEX, which is the clinical exam that everyone in the nation takes. So at the first day of orientation, I had not taken either of those. So that's something to keep in mind is that per ASHP, they want you to be a licensed pharmacist for at least two thirds of the year. And so our institution would like us to be licensed by October 1st, but the ASHP cutoff is November 1st. So just something to keep in mind. And so in this podcast, actually, I'll talk about my CPJE experience since that happened during this first week. But to get back to day one, we all showed up, all 19 of us to the hospital. And so we actually were in a building adjacent to it, which has a bunch of conference rooms that are ginormous. There's so much space, huge screens. We're all able to sit a certain distance away from one another at these like long tables so that was great since it's not a patient care area and all of us are vaccinated which is amazing absolutely incredible we are able to take our masks off in those areas but anytime we leave of course put a mask back on and so we also got the little stickers so that's really cool we all uploaded our little vaccine cards to have them verified And then the first thing that happened on Monday morning is we showed up for a COVID screen. So we had to get that taken care of. It was one of the spit tests. So we had to swish around a little bit of water, spit it into the tube. I was so nervous about not being able to like spit out enough. And so I think my mouth got dry, of course, because that would be the right reaction to that. Um, And so it was not as bad as I thought. You just go ahead and spit in front of somebody, which is super great, right? Who wouldn't want to do that? Something to keep in mind if you've never gotten one of the COVID tests done, at least the saliva one, is to not eat or drink 30 minutes beforehand because it can contaminate the test. So something to consider. We were warned about that beforehand. So 
all good there. And we all were able to meet for the first time outside of the building. And it was really great. I think everyone was super excited. It was early in the morning and it was kind of being cool being able to, for the first time, put names to faces because we'd kind of been messaging prior. And so now to be able to meet everyone and kind of get to understand their personality and see what they're like in person was really exciting. From there, we walked to the hospital or through the hospital to be able to put our stuff down and then go to the room that we'd have our conference in, or I guess the start of orientation would be a better thing to say. And so we were able to meet the chiefs of the different departments in pharmacy. So we had the chiefs of acute care, ambulatory care for administration, things like that. And they were able to get up there and just give us their two cents about their experience at UC Davis, things to expect and kind of what their outlook is on the department or their specific department and on pharmacy in general. So it was a really great introduction. You kind of get to better understand how everyone fits into everything. Like quite literally, we got a little tree diagram that broke down who reports to who and whatnot. So you could get an understanding of how everybody plays into one another because I think transparency is super key. And so being able to understand how the pieces fit also is beneficial for you being able to understand how your work fits into the grand scheme of things. From there, they also gave us Panera that morning. So that was great. Got some coffee. It was already my second coffee that day, but like I needed it. So that was great to have. Got a muffin. I'm a huge sucker for muffins. I love muffins. I That's all I have to say about that. But from there, we went on a tour and it wasn't necessarily a hospital tour, like going up and down the floors, but it was more so getting an understanding of the hospital campus itself. So at UC Davis, there is the main hospital, but they also have a couple of ambulatory care clinics, an oncology center. And so just being able to walk through all of those, see the administration buildings where some of our admin people sit and where a lot of like our RPD and our RPC, those abbreviations mean residency program director, residency program coordinator, where they sit, where we'll be able to meet with them, I think is really helpful. From there, we went and we got our badges. So that was exciting. We had to first get screened through HR. So we we submitted all of this paperwork prior, and then we had to show up with our two forms of ID. So our driver's license and passport or whichever two you wanted with a photo on them. And then we were able to get our badge printed out that day. It's super easy and quick. They take the picture, it prints out, they give it to you right then and there. After that, we went to lunch. So we all brought lunch that day. We dropped them off in the resident office earlier that morning. So we were able to pick those up, warm them up, or go to the cafeteria. I personally like UC Davis's food. I have yet to determine what my favorite one is. So I'll report back to y'all on what that is. But it's, it's pretty good in my opinion. The next thing we had was an orientation overview. So just going over what are all of the different things we're going to be talking about, what are all of the different aspects to the residency program that we'll be covering and what we can expect. And then the latter part of the afternoon, we were able to shadow one of the current outgoing PGY1 pharmacy residents on their current rotation. So I actually got paired up with one of the ambulatory care residents who is currently doing an inpatient rotation on the pain consult service. So super cool because I have never really worked with pain, never seen the way that a consult service is run either. So being able to put those two together and see how that works was awesome. This whole, I think, exercise was also great because you had the opportunity to meet a lot of the other pharmacists who aren't directly involved with orientation itself early on. So that was awesome. 
And one of the best things about this experience was that we actually got to go see patients. So the pain pharmacist actually took us with her to her two interview patient interviews that she had for that afternoon. And so that was great. Literally on the first day of orientation, being back, seeing patients. And I realized that via my NAPLEX CPJE studying, I actually had retained a lot of information, which is super comforting to know. So I realized that I was starting to recognize dosing a lot easier and really being able to hear out for a lot of those key things in a patient interview that would make me want to question more. And so basically the way that the patient interview goes is that the pain pharmacist assesses the patient's pain. She had a list of questions that she asks and she goes through and tries to figure out the different points that she can make interventions at, as well as I think this is probably one of the services where I've seen med recs being pushed the hardest, although in general, med recs and anticoagulation counseling and education is huge here and super critical. But something that I'm seeing the pharmacist really, really key on, in on is what the patient takes at home. And so being able to recognize doses, being able to ask about how often they take it and whatnot, super, super important. We came back, we were able to watch her write one of her notes, which was great because we were able to see kind of what goes into a consult note, because in this particular case, the pharmacist's note goes directly into the patient chart. It's not an intervention, so it's not just pharmacy. Everyone can see it and they can give their recommendation there and then have a conversation with the team about what are the best next steps. So that was super cool. Never thought I'd have the opportunity to see that. And especially because it's not something that I had like ranked on my electives sheet. I don't even think it was on there. I think because it's one of the newer services that are like up and coming and they're trying to build it out. And so I was glad that I was able to see all of that. And then to round out the day, we just got to sit down in the resident office with everyone and kind of run through a checklist they had made for us. The orientation chairs this year did an amazing job compiling basically a list of all of the different things we would need access to over the course of the year and making sure that throughout this orientation time period that we're able to access all of those. So that's not something that we're worrying about once we're on rotations and that everyone's on the same page. Something to make note of is that we did start early, so our orientation is a total of six weeks. And so I think that's great because it offers us the opportunity to get acquainted with the hospital. For those who have never been here, it is kind of crazy to figure out how to get from point A to point B. So nice to kind of get familiar with it over time. Not to mention staffing is a huge component, which I'll talk about. And so being able to better understand how that fits into things and becoming comfortable with that and allowing shadowing over the course of orientation will be great. And then of course, board exams, so giving us a little bit of time throughout all of this to study so that we can take them as soon as possible. So that was basically an overview of day one. I got Gunther's afterwards and my parking permit. That was out of order, but you get the point. I got my parking permit at UC Davis, and then I went to Gunther's afterwards because it just felt like a real treat yourself moment. And so I got one of their 50-50s, which is like two fruit freeze flavors with vanilla ice cream, or at least I get vanilla, and it was so good. Highly recommend if you're ever in the area to check it out. And then I spent the rest of the night setting for the CPJE because I took the CPJE on June 26th. So that was on Monday, and I had about five days until my exam, which when you're hearing this, I'll have taken it two days prior. So all things to think of. And so at that point, I was done with Monday. And so, of course, looking ahead to Tuesday, and we'll talk about what happened on Tuesday. So we move on to the next day, start bright and early. And what we covered today was basically the staffing overview. And so the way that it works at UC Davis in this program, we staff every third weekend. And the way that it works is that 
every other staffing opportunity you come in switches between central and the, your clinical staffing. Before residency began, we had the opportunity to choose either to staff gen med or cardiology as our clinical. And so since I had done a cardiology rotation, I thought it would be better for my skill set and just for like my foundational learning to choose gen med. And so that's what I did. So my clinical rotations will be in general medicine and then my central staffing will be either in the unit dose pharmacy or the IV room pharmacy. So that's how that works. And then an additional part of the staffing component is that you staff an entire week, three times during the course of the residency uh, from midday to sometime in the night during three of your different rotations. So it's again in your clinical area. So I'll be staffing general medicine for one week straight, three individual weeks throughout the year. So that's what our staffing component looks like. We also talked about holidays. So we have to work one of the major holidays. So that's between Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving versus Christmas or the day after Christmas or New Year's, even New Year's Day. So then if you don't work two of the other ones, you can use your PTO, which we get 10 days of PTO and then 13 to 14 holiday days. And then as far as like schedules go, the last thing to consider is paid leave or the professional leave that we have. So I believe we get four. And so we have things like Vizient and ASHP, which are all pharmacy conferences that we will be at. And so we want to make sure that we are appropriately jotting that down in our schedule. We also got to see some of the different breaks that we have. So in December, we actually don't have a set rotation, but they have other things in the works for us as far as what we'll be doing. We have a retreat coming up so no one staffs that weekend so that no one's left out of the retreat, which is great because that'll offer us the opportunity to bond even more so. And so that's basically what the staffing overview looked like. And then we talked a little bit about licensure, of course, which is making sure that we get licensed, not to be obvious, but yeah, that would be great. This institution also offers the ability to early commit. So keeping that in mind, since at the end of October is when all of that is due. We also wanted to talk about longitudinal responsibilities. So a huge component about residency that I learned about early on in pharmacy school is that you're not only a pharmacist and you are acting as a clinician, but as a resident, there are so many other aspects to a residency besides patient care. There are a lot of projects between your medication use evaluation, your research project, a drug monograph, your staffing, your chief resident responsibilities. There are all of these other different things that are happening in the background that you have to juggle in addition to your clinical responsibilities. So we just wanted to go ahead and talk about that, kind of get a better understanding as to how does that fit into our schedule and our rotations and whatnot. And then we did an overview of the chief resident responsibilities. So each program varies quite different in how they approach chief resident responsibilities. I know there were a couple of programs I was looking at that had one chief resident and then they were the ones who helped delegate all of the different things that needed to be done and kind of incorporated the residents as they needed them. At UC Davis, each resident has their own responsibility that they're covering. And so there may be two residents in charge of something. We actually just got the email today. So I am the 
social chair uh, having to do with alumni liaison work as well so I think that'll be really exciting and then I have a co-chair who is in charge of like morale stuff so they gave us the chance to rank what we wanted and so I got my top choice so I'm very excited about that very much looking forward to being able to bring everyone together throughout the course of this year and so then during this presentation the current or I guess the outgoing PGY1 residents were able to get up and tell us about their role and kind of what they did and things to be mindful of and whatnot. So that was great just being able to hear from them because then we had the opportunity to have lunch with them, just kind of ask them questions and whatnot. Highly recommend optimizing those experiences because they know so much about this whole program, of course. And so being able to ask some of the questions that maybe you don't feel comfortable asking in front of everyone or you want to get a better idea from like a personal experience would highly recommend. And then the last meeting we had that day was an introduction to the purely longitudinal aspect of our orientation. So something really cool that the coordinator for our program put together is that over the course of our six-week orientation, on certain days, we would have the opportunity to shadow other parts of the hospital. And by that, I mean for three days, we are in the micro lab, so we get an understanding of what it means to be Um, in the lab to look at blood samples, urine samples, respiratory samples. We'll also be following a discharge planner for a day. We'll be working with social work for a day to see what they do and whatnot. And so just being able to understand how other parts of the hospital are run so that we can be more effective, I think is really useful, especially just to get more familiar with where things are, who people are, what people's different roles are, I think is going to be really cool. So I'll talk about it in a few seconds, but the very next day we had our first longitudinal experience. But that wraps up the Tuesday, and as you can guess, I continue to study for the CPJE later that night. I'll do a whole talk about how I recommend studying for the CPJE and the NAPLEX based off my own experience, of course. Everyone does something different, and whatever works for you is totally cool. The outcome is all that matters. So that was my Tuesday. So now we move on to the middle of the week. It is finally Wednesday and we actually didn't have to come in quite early for this at all. I think the first thing on our agenda was headshots at 1130 in the morning. So super easy. It was at a building near the hospital. And so we were all there looking our best, looking sharp and uh, took our headshots. That'll basically be our professional photos for the next couple of years, to be quite honest. So that was really fun just being able to do that it'll be all over our grand round slides it'll be on our linkedin probably so that was cool to be able to you know have that for us as well we then had our first longitudinal experience which was a talk from a radiology resident so they presented a powerpoint on kind of what are the different things to look out for when you start to see scans what are the difference between all of the different types of imaging that can be done and so i thought that was great because i think as a appy student i start to look for the things that i've seen my preceptor look for but being able to evaluate a radiology examination or look at the x-rays themselves and kind of figure out is what i'm seeing remotely close to being quote unquote normal or like what are the abnormalities that i'm seeing how severe is this or that, I thought was really cool just because you don't learn about radiology in pharmacy school at all. From there, we had a little bit of a break. Was supposed to be studying for the CPJE, but myself and a lot of our other co-residents ended up taking personality quizzes, which I thought was hilarious because you learn so much about people in such a short period of time. And you also find out which people like fit the same type of buckets that you do which of course don't define you in the slightest but like it's hilarious when you find out somebody's like an enneagram 
three or they have the same Myers-Briggs as you or have you ever taken the bird quiz? I had one of my co-residents actually sent me the bird quiz and I was like, I've never heard of this before, but it was great to know that I'm a peacock. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool to know. So we were just hanging out for that period of time, studying a little bit here and there, of course. And then we went to a grand rounds, which is basically a continuing education presentation put on by a resident at our program. Actually, this year, it's going to be a little bit different since we'll be paired up for our grand rounds and there'll be two 25 minute sessions with questions at the end. But in the current PGY2 class, the emergency medicine resident, one of them uh, did a talk on obstetric emergencies. So that was super cool because as somebody interested in emergency medicine, I don't know what to do if someone were to come in and they were pregnant and facing some sort of trauma or some sort of emergency. So I was absolutely like in awe of that whole talk topic and being able to listen to that presentation I learned so so much and so it was awesome being able to be at that grand rounds and have an example of what a grand round should look like and again learn so much new information and then directly from there we went to the next longitudinal activity and so just to also make this clear is that each of the four different PGY1 categories or do something totally different for these parts. So it really allows us in acute care to kind of get to know each other and be in these small group settings. It's really cool just being able to learn a little bit too, because although we are now residents, that doesn't mean we know everything. And so every learning opportunity is very much appreciated. And so our next one was about renal dosing and how to manage patients who are on hemodialysis. So great skill to have. It was a hour long lecture from a pharmacist who actually did their PGY2 in nephrology. Uh, I think there's a more specific name for that. There are only a few programs that offer PGY2 specifically in managing medications and the kidneys and whatnot. So to hear about a pharmacy resident doing that and that they work here, I thought was super cool. And then again, that brought us to the end of the day. We get to eat in the middle of all this too, of course. So that's definitely a part of it. There are lunch breaks and whatnot. So I think I even got coffee this day. There's a Pete's coffee. So that's cool. I'm definitely going to get used to Pete's and become my best buds with them. So that takes us to the end of Wednesday. Next, we move on to Thursday because Thursday comes after Wednesday. And this is when we really got into the nitty gritty about staffing. Tuesday was more of an introduction, and so this was an opportunity for us to talk about any discrepancies we saw, talking about how we want to switch. So if you ever want to switch shifts with somebody, if you have any conflicts, kind of how to go about that. From there, we talked about completing medication reconciliations. So again, like I said, med med recs and anticoagulation educations are huge, huge emphasis here at UC Davis. And so being able to complete a significant portion and really meet our marks on those is super important and learners and pharmacists at all levels contribute to these goals so just being uh, able to remind everyone kind of what that process looks like if we had ever rotated through there and then of course to teach everyone who's new what that looks like so we started with the med recs first and then we moved on to our anticoagulation counseling to give a little bit of overview medication reconciliations we do for basically every patient Our goal is somewhere over 90%, I want to say. And so there are med rec techs that are in the hospital, but then pharmacists are responsible for medication reconciliations for their patients that they are managing as well. So it's a huge undertaking. It's an important undertaking and everyone definitely has to play their part. So it's great being able to help out with that. I did it as a student. And so now doing it as a resident makes total sense. 
And then anticoagulation education, the way that that works is that if there are patients inpatient who are on an anticoagulant, they need to be educated. And if they have been discharged, they need to be educated as well. There's a two-day cutoff, so just being able to meet that mark. And I did it a lot on my cardiology rotation. Of course, we were responsible for every patient. And as you can imagine in cardiology, we have a lot of AFib patients. And so there was a lot of counseling for sure, not to mention any of my ICU patients may have been on a blood thinner as well. So definitely just something to look forward to continue doing, continuing to be better at all of that. We then talked about our medication use evaluation projects, which I've never completed an MUE before prior to residency. So I will definitely be sharing with you all kind of what I learned about that as we move through it. But basically you pick a topic to examine further, something that will help to improve some sort of process in the hospital or something that will allow you to capture some sort of trend. Again, that was a very, very, very high overview. So I'll definitely bring more details as I get my topic and talk through kind of what that process looks like. We also then got our rotation schedule. So the way that it works here is that we are sent out a sheet very early on. There are certain things that we have to meet as our core requirements. And so there are four core rotations that everyone has to take. And then there is a bucket that is consisting of four acute care opportunities. So there is hemonc, transplant, cardiology, and general medicine. You have to pick two out of those four. Then there are eight ICU options. You have to pick at least one. And then there's a whole slew of electives. One of the other reasons I absolutely love UC Davis and was really looking forward to doing a residency here is that there are so many opportunities and so many different things that a lot of hospitals don't have. There is a burn ICU here. They're a level one trauma center. They have a level one emergency medicine department then. So all of that kind of stuff. And so we were able to see what our schedule looked like for the entire year. And then later that afternoon, we actually had a one-on-one with our residency program director to see if we wanted to switch anything. Another really cool part about this program is that they're super flexible. As your interests change, so can your rotations. And they definitely put an emphasis on allowing you to explore your PGY2 interest or your plans after a PGY1 prior to the early commit deadline or earlier on in the year so that you have the opportunity to really figure out if this is something that you want to do and continue to pursue or maybe it isn't. So that was really great. And then the rest of that afternoon, we actually ended up having an opportunity to shadow another resident, someone different than the prior resident. And so I got to shadow two residents who are on med safety, and that is actually my first rotation at the moment. So it'll be really cool to kind of get to work on some of the projects that they're working on. And I'll of course share all of that with you guys when I get there and I get a better understanding of what exactly I'm doing there. So that was the entirety of my Thursday. Again, they're pretty long days. Um, I just definitely wasn't used to having to be out and doing things. And of course, like making sure to stay organized and really engaged throughout all of that time. So I came back and took a nap a hundred percent. So yeah. Definitely would recommend, especially when you feel like you need it. On top of the studying I was doing when I came home, I just felt like I needed a day to really just take a break. And so I did that for myself on Thursday. And so I did not study on Thursday, which, you know what? Good with me. You just sometimes have to take a break for yourself. And so that leads us to the last day of the week, or at least the work week, which is Friday. 
So we have finally reached Friday. The day started off so sweet. Our presenter for the day, who is actually in charge of our Appy experiences, was going to talk to us for the whole day about our teaching certificate. And she brought donuts, which was so, so nice of her. I love a blueberry donut, but I went with the maple cruller on this one. So decided to spice things up a little bit. But another aspect of our residency program is completing a teaching certificate. So our teaching certificate is actually through UCSF. So whenever we work with students, they tend to be from UCSF, which is really cool. And so we got an overview as far as what the different requirements are for the certificate. So we have to do a didactic teaching, an interprofessional one, do some education outreach, do some small group work, as well as precepting. And so there are opportunities that were already available to sign up for. So we all kind of scrambled to do that. And then we also went ahead and did a gallery walk. So the presenter for the day put up questions around the room that had to do with how to deal with different types of students, different learning styles, how you would approach different situations. And we would rotate as a group through each one of them to talk to a current resident about what our thoughts, our ideas are, and how we would approach these different scenarios. So that was really cool. It definitely opened up a lot of great conversations about how to precept and I think a really salient point made from that day is that despite the fact that we're residents we're still learners and that there are so many things that we still don't know much about and that there are so many things we may have questions about and so how to kind of navigate being a learner while also being a teacher and so it's kind of just being transparent and understanding and communicating that Sometimes you may not know something about a rotation because you're coming onto it after a student's been there for like two or three weeks or vice versa. And really, how do you engage those learners? And so it'll definitely be a learning experience. And I'm definitely excited to share more about it as I get a better understanding of how to refine my own teaching style, but also continue to work on my own learning style. We then had a preceptor development meeting, and so it looks like once a month is, I believe, the frequency that the preceptors at UC Davis get together and do a talk about how they can improve, things to be mindful of, what are different trends that they're seeing in other programs that they want to watch out for, and I thought a unique aspect to this particular meeting was talking about how to approach students about patients dying. And I think that's really important to make note of because especially over the last year with COVID and whatnot, and of course, even outside of COVID, being in an ICU, it was very eye-opening to be around patients who were passing away. And so being able to manage that and deal with that, I think even in the ED, that happened quite often. It was just what are the different types of coping mechanisms? How do we approach this? In what way do we be sensitive? How do we help people move through this? What resources are available? Which I was so intrigued to learn so much more about. And so I thought that was important because nobody ever really explicitly talks about it. And I think at UCSF, at the very least, we have an anatomy lab. So there are cadavers and we do have a talk at the beginning. And I think it does a great job of outlining kind of the sacrifice that's being made. But I think being a part of a code response or being a part of the team and seeing a patient pass can be a lot. And so just being able to understand how to allow people their chance to process and what can you offer to others, I think is really invaluable. And then the next part of that day was actually a retirement party for one of my preceptors who has been a pharmacist for years now, and he will continue to do work in the field. There's no doubt about it. But as far as showing up to this hospital every day, he will no longer be there, which was so crazy to think. And so it was great just being able to say goodbye. And again, thank you just for everything. 
We then went back and watched a video on how to approach giving feedback, which I think is an invaluable skill as well. We talk about it all throughout pharmacy school, the importance of being able to seek feedback, how to process feedback, how to give feedback, I think is one of the things I definitely want to be able to work on because I want it to be constructive or at least be able to be reinforced. I want it to be useful. Do you know what I mean? No one ever just wants to say things to say things, but I really want to be able to have an impact with the things that I say, and I want them to be of value to the other person. And so I think that'll be really cool to develop further throughout the year. And then last but not least, we had a panel with a group of preceptors who have been precepting for a while now. Most of them started when they were PGY1s and have been doing it ever since. And they were honestly so cool. They had such a great outlook and an attitude about having learners on and really about approaching difficult situations, how to engage others, and making the most out of these interactions with students, which mind you, we were those students literally a couple of months ago. So I think that that was really cool. So getting to ask them a lot of questions about some mistakes that they've seen or things that they think could be improved upon or ways that we can be beneficial right off the bat or make like an impact. And again, I think it just falls back to a lot of those things I mentioned earlier as far as being transparent really working alongside and collaborating with your learners, involving them, but also help helping them develop a thought process of their own so that they can really start to become independent and really fine tune their clinical judgment as well. And then for me personally, I had a bridal shower that evening. I have a best friend from high school that her older sister is actually getting married. And so I was able to go to a bridal shower and celebrate her and her whole engagement and wedding and all of that good stuff. So that was really cool to do. It was the night before the CPJE, but personally, I realized that skipping that event just to study, I was not going to make or break my passing or no pass situation off of that. And I think something that I'm starting to learn as well is that I move toward this new professional world is that you have to continue living life despite all of the other things going on. And so these friends of mine are so, so, so important to me. And so I really wanted to be there. And to me, it was definitely worth it. And so I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to go. And so this finally takes us to Saturday, the day of the CPJE. I ended up taking it in Sacramento. So just a funny story. I originally had it scheduled for Santa Rosa, which is about two hours away from here. And one of my co-residents texted out that there was available spots in Sacramento. And I kid you not, I almost broke a leg running down the stairs because I was hoping I could switch it to Sacramento and it ended up working out. This new test center was like 15 minutes away from my house. So that was super convenient. Showed up there. One of my co-residents also showed up at the same time couldn't get into the building had to like buzz eight different buttons they finally let us in when we gave them the secret password of cpje entered in we were there early so they suggest you get there 30 minutes beforehand would highly recommend that you heed that advice we went in something to be mindful of if you are like me and perpetually cold in every situation and wear a jacket to everything is that they don't let you wear a sweatshirt with any pockets So just be aware of that. It was totally okay for me, but like, just be aware that that is a situation. So once you walk in, you sit down, fill out a piece of paper. They walk you through this whole attestation as far as like the fact that you won't cheat, which you shouldn't cheat. Like, I feel like it'd be so hard to cheat, but also at the same time, don't cheat. And then they take your two forms of ID, make sure that it's you. They take a picture of you. And that picture actually happens to stay on your testing screen the whole time. So like, that's fun. And then they walk you back. They give you a little board that you're able to write on. It's like one of those, it's not an Etch-A-Sketch, but it's like one of those like highlight writings. Anybody remember those really old school commercials that would come on like throughout the day and in the middle of the night where they try to like sell you something really quickly? 
it was like one of those products and you just like press the button and it clears the whole thing. So that was really cool. I kind of scribbled on it like during the test when I needed a quick little mental break. But then when you walk into the back, you sit down, it goes through a couple of like the sample questions. So you know, like how to use the interface and then you take the test. It's like super crazy. It's just like, it's just, it happens. You're there, you're doing it, you're doing the thing. And so it is a 90 question exam. You have two hours to take it. And there are four options for every question. You can't go back. And so it kind of flies by to be totally honest. I finished that exam in 45 minutes and I am reporting to you. And I'm reporting this to you now as someone who does not know if she passed or failed, but besides the point, because I think the whole pass rate on the exam is like 60% and then 40% don't pass. So however it pans out is the way that pans out. There's plenty of time to take it again. So it's no big. But uh, when I walked out, I was genuinely confused because it went by so quickly. But I guess it's because you can't double check yourself, you know, and like either you know the answer or you don't. Like it's just the way that the CPJE is. So I was done at like 940 something. And so I have to actually, the thing that they make you do because of prior situations is they make you copy on another piece of paper an attestation that they have typed out. So you have to copy that down by hand, turn it back into them. You have to verify that you got your ID and stuff back and then you can go home. And so to treat myself since it was like 9.45 in the morning, I got a McDonald's big breakfast with hotcakes because that's like my guilty pleasure in life. And I will basically find any reason to get one of those. And this felt like the exact reason to get one of those. So that was my CPJE experience. As a disclaimer, everyone's super nervous about it and everyone that's ever taken it says that you walk out of there feeling like you have no idea whether you passed or failed and I absolutely agree with that and I think the other part though that kind of caught me off guard was how relieved I felt afterwards I don't know if it's just because I finally had an excuse to stop studying for at least one day because super cool fact when my naplex is in a week so I still have to make sure that I'm fresh for that but I don't know I think also part of me was like once you face something that you've heard so much about or you're not really sure how you'll be able to process it or really what your gut reaction is going to be or how it's going to go, once you've faced it, you kind of feel like a lot of that anticipation or the fear in that anticipation dissolves. And so I think that was a big part of it. Like I feel confident that if I didn't pass this one and I had to take it again, that I would kind of be more aware of what I'm getting myself into. So I think that's positive overall. And uh, yeah, that basically summed up my CPJE experience. And that will go ahead and wrap up this week's episode of Life on the Farm. I want to say thank you to all of you for listening to this episode, for listening to any of the episodes. It truly does mean the world to me. And if you're ever interested in anything that happened to me prior to residency, definitely check out season one. All of the episodes will be up there. And I'm working on some days in my life on my YouTube channel. So if you want to check out, the link is in my Instagram bio at mare.burke. And if you ever want to check out the Pharmacy Podcast Instagram, stay up to date with what's new, what's fresh, what's exciting. It's at Life on the Farm Podcast. And I hope that you and your loved ones are staying safe and healthy. And I will talk to you all soon. Bye.